0: Genetically, Joy. My name is Joy. I'm the host of this podcast, and today we got another special guest, and that is Rachel Horton White. And she's the owner of Soulful Work Consulting. She's a writer. She's the host of the podcast The Courageous Path. She's a clinical hypnotherapist, a mindful teacher, and an intuitive guide. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, welcome Rachel thank you for having me it's great yes, to be here yes. yes I'm really excited about this conversation and one of our friends connected us, Brendan so shout out to him and um, yeah you're doing a lot and mm-hmm. I was wondering what inspired you to uh, learn about these practices
1: yeah um <clears throat> Well, I took, like a lot of people, I took a roundabout path to where I am today. But I've always been interested in spiritual, sort of intuitive stuff. Um, I would have dreams that would come true when I was a kid, and deceased people that were kind of close to my family that would sometimes come in and have me give messages to people I knew. And I always kind of felt like it was just this side of me that I just kept quiet and didn't, um, wasn't going to share with a lot of people. Um, But as I got older, it started, you know, things started happening, getting, it started getting stronger. And it was really through my career path that I kind of felt forced to make a change. I was in nonprofits and I was working in social services for a while um, and getting really burnt out. And I ended up hiring a life coach who our babysitter at the time said, you need to hire a life coach. Cause I didn't know what else to do. And I just, I was very stuck. And she said, start meditating again and talking to higher guidance again. So, cause I'd always, I had, I had started a meditation practice, but, um, had, when I had kids, I kind of stopped. So I did those things and then I started going through this awakening in 2016. And um and with her help, I pushed myself to explore these different ideas I had. Tarot cards. I was always interested in tarot. So I really started I learned I taught myself tarot, took some classes, but then I just, you know, kept getting fed more and more things. And one day in a meditation, the phrase Akashic Records came in. I had no idea what that was. And So I, but I was like, all right, I'll write it down. Sounds cool. I got a reading, and I just was so fascinated with the concept of this universal library of the records of every human event that's ever and situation that's ever happened throughout time, and just it was just amazing to me. So I learned how to read the akashic records, um, and I started working with people, you know, helping them co-create their realities, working through thoughts and beliefs to kind of clear ego, and then. And then, um, using their ability, you know, our abilities, co-creators to create our futures. Anyway, a lot of like quantum physics, sort of metaphysical stuff. Um, so it's been an interesting path. And I went back to school, Mm -hmm. I learned hypnotherapy, I went to integrative healing art school. Um, I learned how to do regressions for people for, you know, inner child healing past lives. So it's been, I've kind of added different things over the years. I've been doing this for eight years now. and it, but it really started with me just having this idea about why are people so stuck like me? you know why are we not mm-hmm. meditating more or using our ability to kind of with work with our thoughts and emotions, and it things kept coming after that. I was kind of guided really to where I am now. I wrote a book last year called "Tools for the Awakening Soul," which has all these tools that I learned, and I do with clients and Anyway, so um, Mm -hmm. it's been a really interesting journey of, you know, ups and downs, right? I have to do my own inner work and have my connection, my divine connection with my spiritual Mm -hmm. support team and a wonderful husband and a few other people that helped me out. But, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I just feel like now I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, which is helping teach people how to connect with their own light, you know, activate their intuition, break patterns. And um doesn't mean it's like perfect perfect all the time is it is being human but it's but i I feel blessed to be able to do this and it's an honor so
0: Mm. as you are amazing too yeah amazing (laughs) work yeah 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 i feel so too yeah and but what kind of tools do you use to uh connect to your higher self
1: well the primary way I do that is first meditation. So I start with just, you know, quieting my mind. And of course I learned how to do this. I didn't, I kind of needed to, I learned, um, I studied Shambhala Buddhism for a little while and did Buddhist meditation. Mm-hmm. And that helped, you know, me, you know, to for everybody, it's like to clear out the ego, to clear out the thoughts, to clear out all the chatter in our brains. And then I bring in light and that, to me is just the gateway It's like just feel I imagine light flowing in through the top of my head flowing through my body I, it connects through my heart and it opens up my heart which is really the you know the pow- most powerful electromagnetic center in our bodies and it it's it's really the opening to um sources of love because we want to you know our higher selves are connected are based in that pure and conditional love and then I just um try to clear my mind. And I ask, you know, I, I check on my higher self, I connect with different beings, ascended masters, you know, Jesus, I like to connect with Palladians, my spirit guides, sometimes, uh, you know, angels, but um, that's the way if I'm intentionally trying to connect, that's what I do. And I'll just wait for something to come in, whether it's, you know, an image, usually it's words in that when that when I do that, when I go in the Akashic Records, there's images, but when I am connecting in that way, it's usually just words phrases and stuff um mm-hmm. but that took me time to train myself to really like learn to listen to my intuition because as i'm sure you know it's we uh it gets <laughs> it gets rusty and it, through all the programming yeah. and stuff like that that mm-hmm. we've all been subjected to so mm-hmm.
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah but how do we know that is it's intuition or it's ego because sometimes it's really hard for me to recognize it that's the eternal question. <laughs> I think that's yeah. what
1: we're all working on. And so the way I I, I talk about this a lot with clients, I um, and I wrote about this in my book too, um, the ego, in my view, I think it helps to actually start with the ego first, because when we understand how the ego speaks to us, then we can um, recognize, okay, this is ego. And then whatever is loving and quiet and feels good is my higher self and so the ego is loud and you know long drawn out thoughts and it and it likes to analyze it likes to figure things out and it's not all bad it can do things for us but it's it's like things that we're ruminating over like we're creating in our minds and versus the our higher self in my experience right there are um short Really, it usually speaks in shorter phrases, and it's not something that we are consciously conjuring up in our mind. It just like pops in out of nowhere. That's the best way to describe it as I'm sure you know. Um, mm-hmm. But it takes time to train ourselves to really listen to that. like it's like a quiet whisper of our higher self, I believe um uh, because the ego, some of us we've been, you know, a lot of us grew up in public schools, you know, in the u s, probably in other countries as well, like yours you know, there's, there's, we're all taught to be in that left brain, which is what you see. The only thing that's real is what you see. And all these like intuitive, emotional things are just woo woo, airy fairy, like, you know, not, not important. And that that's, that's the right brain. And that's the tragedy of that is that our intuition and our higher self are located really in our right brain. So, so many of us really have to rewire our brains and, You know, go back and and it's really through meditation, through quieting the mind, that it starts to train ourselves and like build new neural pathways to Mm -hmm. begin to feel, you know, or connect with the higher self. And I like to say it's it always our higher selves are always they're never judging us. They're you know that our voice, you know, it's our true self in the spirit realm. It's our you know the divine part of who we are. They love us on. It's this unconditionally loving thoughts um it's not telling us that we're not enough or we should be doing this or you know this person's better than us or whatever mm-hmm. that's the ego and um so it takes time mm-hmm. and
0: practice but
1: it's, mm-hmm. it's not easy to do
0: because <laughs> it's like no. how do you get in your
1: head with all the thoughts
0: no for real no i also struggle with it sometimes because um, sometimes I have a really good idea and I think, why do I want this? Do I really want this because I feel it in my heart or do I want this because I'm afraid or um, I'm overanalyzing things, you know? Because sometimes you create a problem in your head and it's, yeah, 99 from the 100 times it's not happening. (laughs) But yeah, you're still having this thought and you think like, okay, uh, why am I thinking this? But... I think it's always related to maybe the present or the past Mm -hmm. uh, because you're thinking about what maybe can happen or maybe what you already experienced. And, um, yeah, I think living in a present is, is also really important to, um, yeah, connect to your highest self, but it's so hard because Mm -hmm. we got so many things going on and yeah, it's difficult. It's interesting what you said about the past and the present. um, Mm -hmm.
1: I think that's totally true that often what the ego does and it's its job, it's, it's a job is to keep us safe. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's job is to, and it uses past experiences sometimes against us like, you know, well, you know, we were just talking about this before, you know, somebody who's trying to start a podcast like you did, which you do an amazing job, but there's probably people out there that want to start podcasts, podcast. So they want to do something, you know, maybe ask somebody out on a date or start their own business. Or I, I work with people who are really wanting to share their intuitive gifts and make a business out of it. But the ego will come up with, stories to tell us no remember that time you tried that and that didn't work or, or you know you shouldn't do this because of this it's always coming up with reasons and and when it comes i mean, i shouldn't say always but that's really its job it to try to hold us back from the, the you know going out of our comfort zone into something that's unfamiliar and it uses the past as justification you know that of why we shouldn't do it um so it's really important, you know. I think the past can be helpful to kind of look at and to clear the source of where stuck an old limiting belief comes from. Often it's childhood. That's the imprint years when things we hear, experience, they get you know imprinted in our subconscious mind. And that I do a lot of work with people on that. You know, connecting with the inner child and trying to heal um, and coming up with new ways for the inner child because the because the ego is connected to the inner child. For the inner child to feel safe, um, and usually it's with, div- you know, spirit guides and angels and our higher self comforting the inner child. But anyway, um, but I think you know when we get to this, when we go back in the past and we try to connect and with the source of it, and this is the same with past lives, then we can often like clear and release it. Of course, it takes years and it's a mm-hmm. lifetime of work, right? But ultimately, like you were saying we really want to be focused on the present moment and um and letting go of those stories from the past that really aren't who we are anymore and they're not you know and when we can be aware of like oh this is just what the ego does it's telling me this thing is you know that I shouldn't do based on what happened to me before but maybe there's another way for me to review that maybe there's a different perspective I can have which is well I learned from that experience before and I had that experience. I chose that experience at some level so I could develop more tools to then have a similar experience maybe now in my life, if that makes sense, that mm-hmm. I can work through in a different way. It's all about learning, as you know.
0: Anyway, so it's fascinating. It's all just mm-hmm. fascinating work. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah, for sure. And you were also talking about Akashic Records. Um, Maybe we can also explain what it is. Maybe some people don't know. Um, You said something about the library of the soul, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so the way, there's a few different ways I talk about the
1: Akashic Records. You know, I think first, um, the word Akash is a Sanskrit word that basically means the substance from which all things are born. Um, Mm -hmm. And the Akashic Records is the uh, a literally a record like a library of human consciousness. And it's also known as a book of life mentioned in different religious texts, um, like a compendium, you know, a, a storage place, I guess for every human event, situation, um, occurrence, emotion, whatever that's ever occurred throughout time, generally on planet earth, but also on other planets as well. So we could, you know, there are Akashic records for the earth. There are Akashic records for a specific country, even for like a business. There's Akashic records of like every sort of energetic component to that entity. But what I'm talking about and what we're talking about is the Akashic records of human souls. So when somebody accesses their Akashic records, one of the most important things in there is our past lives, like every, all the lifetimes we've ever had. Um, some people view them as, um, like books that you pull off a shelf. I often see them when I go in the Akashic Mm. records as like boxes of light. It's really interesting. And sometimes Mm. they just show up on a screen. Um, but the other, and so the other, there's a few other things that often come up in the Akashic records, which and one of those is these beings called a council of elders or masters who will help us Mm. with, um, are learning about our purpose, you know, why we've incarnated with certain people, what lessons we're working on. They're helping us give, they're full of, it's a really, they're these light they're light beings and they're filled with just pure unconditional love and it's a sacred experience. And this, and we go and we connect, mm-hmm. this is um, the same sort of group that we connect with after we die and we're reviewing our lives and we're saying, what did I, what, how did that go? And that didn't go so well. I need to work on this in my next mm-hmm. one. So um there's also spiritual teachers that can come in, Ascended Masters, Jesus, Mother Mary, Buddha. Um, I just did a reading for somebody right before this session, actually, and Mother Mary was there for her. Uh, and she was raised Catholic, this client, so she already had like a association with Mother Mary, which is really common. They'll work with the beings that will come in are often ones that you're already familiar with, so they will, they'll work with your vibration and what you're ready for. Um, also, deceased loved ones can come in the akashic records. They uh, mm-hmm. they can help us with breaking ancestral patterns and working with our bloodline and understanding our family. Why am I? What's going on with these people? I'm related to, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Um.
1: So it's just it's just such a i I do more akashic records readings than anything else I do, and I I every time I do them, I it it's like a I get filled with light and some sort of more divine information for me and it's funny i was just talking about this the other night and also for you and for people listening here mm-hmm. you know like the the information will come in and we anybody can learn how to access their akashic records it's now available to all mm-hmm. as we have to train ourselves a little bit but um but what i just find to be such a gift is I'm here with this person. I'm the translator. I'm like in their records on their behalf. Mm-hmm. You know, I get their permission of course and I go in with the prayer that I read and um but then I'm I'm you know tapping into this universal source that is really here to help us as humans understand who we are, you know, why we're experiencing what we're experiencing, getting this higher perspective and it's really important I think as we're all moving through this ascension process into 5d mm-hmm. you know clearing out old stuff clearing out the shadows to really be able to embody light that will that light will allow us to move into higher states of consciousness and into the new earth and so i think you know the akashic records is such an incredible tool for not just me but for anybody i teach classes on it you know a lot of a lot of people teach classes on it that we can learn to really help us like understand and heal and it's just such a powerful i go in my own akashic records all the time especially the past few mm-hmm. years with the insanity it really helped me <laughs> just cope mm-hmm. and understand and yeah so it's, it's such a gift
0: mm-hmm. and how can we do it for ourselves can i also do it when i don't have any experience yes absolutely i mean
1: i um from my personal experience, I find it helpful to have a prayer um, to read, to activate the energy. So now, although I will say you don't need a prayer to go on the Akashic Records. So for me personally, sometimes now I've been doing this for a while. I've been reading the Akashic Records for about five years um, and doing my work in this business for about eight years. But I can now kind of access it when I, I have to take time to focus, right? So bringing in light, like Mm -hmm. I was saying, you know, quieting the mind, bringing in light. And that is the way I was describing before of connecting with the higher self is the way I go in the Akashic Records too. Imagining a pillar of light through your body, really focusing on the heart. And then a light, like the way, the way I do it is I imagine a beautiful column of light just coming out from my heart. And then that kind of opens the door uh, because it's a vibrational alignment. So what the key here is, this is for any sort of, you know, intuitive connection like angels and the Akashic records especially are very high vibration. They're like it's pure love. Whereas spirit guides are also high vibration but not quite as high because that's mm-hmm. just, you know, they were humans once and they're not angels are so directly connected to that divine source of God as are the Akashic records. Anyway, so what we have to do as humans is raise our vibration to match as a a frequency as if there are two waves that kind of find each other and and it is a frequency um we want to raise our vibration to match that of the akashic records so we can go into it so the way to do that Mm -hmm. is a few different ways first is light like i said then words so the words we use can create vibration so i will use words like you know I think I say the Holy spirit of light and, um, wisdom, guidance, and love and divine source, you know, and I even use the word God. Some people get triggered by that word. I don't mind it. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway. And so then, and I, when I read the prayer out loud, I'm hearing my own words as well. So I'm amplifying the vibration again. And then what I do is I read the words I just said again. And so I'm hearing them again in my mind, which is also amplifying the vibration so then then I close my eyes and then what happens is this interesting shift like a it really for me looks like doors. I mean that's how a lot of people see the Akashic mm-hmm. records. It's like a big library or a hallway and it's like these big golden doors just open and then things start to come in. Like I'll for if it's a client, like I'll just start focus on their name, their full name and then I wait and then an image starts to come in. And it's amazing. Like People hear this and like, how do you do that? I was like, well, it's easier to do it for somebody else, believe it or not, than for yourself in some ways, because you don't know this person and all the stuff starts to float in like words and images. Anyway, um, but it also takes time. Like I had to really train. I had to take some classes with some people. I read a few books. Um, So it's available to all of us. It's just, you know, it's kind of like a new skill, a new, you know, learning how to ride a bike or learn a new language it's it takes some time to kind of build mm-hmm. that ability but it's i think you should do it you're probably being guided if you're asking me but <laughs> you're
0: probably yeah. Ready. <laughs> yeah well i have a really good friend who also does uh, akashic records and she already recommended me to do it um and now again so i think uh, there you go. it's enough signs <laughs> yeah you're ready but, um, yeah and and also um I'm a really sensitive person, so I think uh, it will be really easy for me, I think. Um, yeah, I also did with her a uh, cacao ceremony. Mm. And it was beautiful. Nice. And um, yeah, I didn't really realize that just cacao can actually make your heart go open and it feels so good. And first yes. I thought, okay, I'm just going to drink chocolate milk and nothing's going to happen, you know? I'm just going to feel <laughs> good. But I really had this feeling of, yeah i don't know i've i loved everybody and yeah Mm -hmm. it's almost like ecstasy but then it's more natural and then Mm -hmm. it's more yeah i cannot really describe it it's also not tripping did you do do it before Uh, cacao yes i do i've participated Mm -hmm. in multiple
1: cacao ceremonies and um yeah i've I've also you know i have some i've yeah. Well, anyway, I won't, I'm on record mm-hmm. for this. So I won't talk about all my experiences with different <laughs> okay. things, but you know, um, I, but yeah, I mean, I've dabbled in different psychedelics and stuff more natural mm-hmm. like the plants. Um, and I do love cacao. Cause it, like you said, it's such a beautiful heart opener and bringing mm-hmm. in that love. And it's emotional for people, you know, like you can, it just really starts to crack open and tears can come. It's sensual. It can activate you know Mm -hmm. the sexual sensual part of us it's just beautiful just like luscious you know there's a friend of mine cheryl horton actually she's not related to me but we have the same last name which is so funny she um calls it mother cacao you know the spirit of mother cacao Mm -hmm. and and so when we do retreats together which she helps me she makes this amazing vegan food too anyway we always do cacao ceremonies in our retreats and it's it's just so beautiful such a beautiful way yeah. to connect.
0: Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. And did you also try ayahuasca? I have not. You know, I've always, mm-hmm. I've been curious,
1: but um, it's funny because my husband and I talk about it. I'm like, oh, I want to, and he's like, do you really need that? Like you, you're already, you go into, <laughs> you know, different sort of states of consciousness already. And, but I, you know, I'm curious. I You know, I think um, psilocybin is what we're kind of interested in or and that's, you know, microdosing which I oh, think yeah. is pretty cool. But ayahuasca, yeah, someday I probably will when it feels right. I've heard, you know, it mm-hmm. hasn't hasn't come up. Like I, ha- I haven't been super guided to it yet, but I'm definitely open to mm-hmm. it. Have you? No, ayahuasca? but I also no. want to do it. But yeah,
0: you know, you really have to plan this kind of things because you have to, yeah. for example, you have to do a diet, I think for two weeks or something. And then you have to go there and I want to do it in Peru or something. I want to do it like um, in a good way. Yeah, definitely. And then afterwards, you also want to reflect on what happened.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, I think one month will be good to be off. Yeah. And yeah. I actually got so many responsibilities. So maybe one day I will do it. Yeah. But, yeah, I feel like I don't really need it yet. Yeah. And yeah. And also um yeah it's not a really fun experience i guess it's just yeah. really eye-opening I know, i've
1: heard that i've heard that from people yeah. that it's like everything you, you know mm-hmm. everything comes out <laughs> like you're it's a clean mm-hmm. and it can be you know it can be really um i think you definitely like you said you want to have it facilitated by somebody who's a shaman mm-hmm. who knows what they're doing who's really facilitating mm-hmm. the space and bringing in light um because i've heard you know anyway But let's just put Mm -hmm. it that way. I've heard people who haven't had that experience, but but they they, Mm -hmm. I think uh, I would trust that I would be I would hope that we would all be guided to the you know place that is Mm -hmm. um, a person who is filled with light and
0: yeah yeah I think it's really important yeah yeah I think that's so important to have a good shaman to do it yeah so uh, we were also talking about frequency and the new earth. And I also mm-hmm. find it a really interesting uh, top, uh, subject. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts about the new earth? Yeah, that's such a
1: good question. I think, you know, people mm-hmm. hear that term, the new earth and it's like, well, what does that even mean? I think some people think, yeah, the, the, there's some concept of like, are we going to be staying on earth? Or are we going to a different planet? <laughs> like, what is mm-hmm. that? What is happening? And my personal belief is that we will be staying on earth um and that it's just a new vibration that we're stepping into a new frequency and so i think it's connected to what is often called fifth dimensional frequency 5d um which is really what earth is moving into already and this has been predicted for thousands of years you know the age of aquarius 2012 you know, the end of the Mayan calendar. And of course, some people thought it was like the end of the world, but it really wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was the beginning of a new age of consciousness. And this is, there's actually, um, this woman named Barbara Han Clough. I don't know if you know who that is, but she wrote some really interesting mm-hmm. books about the Incans having calendars and these, you know, 26,000, I think, year cycles that um, humanity's always gone through. And the last was, you know, the the, um, end of the last one was the fall of Atlantis. And that's when, you know, we fell as a human race into ego and um, the civilization was destroyed. And so 26,000 years later is 2012. And we're in this beginning of this new age of really, so the new earth, you know, this new age, which is the new earth, Mm -hmm. we're babies in it because it's still at the very beginning, but we're learning to, activate our intuition to open our third eyes where people are awakening which is you know we're seeing through the veil of illusions of the programming of the matrix of 3d which is you know the world that we see and all the tangible physical things i know you know and the people that listen probably know um and you know we're not able to be controlled any longer we're by, by through our emotions of fear or anger that the powers the ones who think they control us um think you know have been using for thousands of years to keep us asleep and in this control so that's part of that's the awakening and that's how we're moving into new earth is by you know being aware of these things and the nature but it's also the nature of being aware of our cells as being divine beings of light that we that we really are in these human bodies and learning to unconditionally love ourselves and have love and compassion and empathy and um, all of that for others and for the earth. And I think that's another important part is really understanding at a deep level that we are deeply connected to every tree, to every rock, the water, the sun, you know, all the, mm-hmm. the animals that we are connected to them vibrationally. And so when we're in, when we're feeling in pain, they are also in pain, you know, and when, and same thing, we're going to have that happen more and more and more, that we become more empathic to each other, other humans, and we become more sensitive to the elements of the earth. And so that may seem like, you know, wow, that's kind of a lot, but it's, a beautiful thing because then we have we're able to care for the earth more and to help Gaia, you know, which has a consciousness. Um so that's, you know, I think that's where we're going is this this shared sort of unity and understanding. Um, you know, unplugging from the consumerist, capitalist matrix of all the systems that are broken, which is happening now, you know, that's all starting to crumble. You know, and like my husband and I we have started to do that we've both are self-employed so we've tried to uh, get ourselves out of the matrix we took our kids out of public school we homeschool them um you know we we grow some of our own food not everything we have chickens you know we do a little bit of homesteading but uh, more and more you know we all have things that we're gifted with and that's what i think we're going to see is like these little subcultures like little small like communities all over the world of people Mm -hmm. you know doing reiki for each other some people are leading nature walks and being guides and teaching people about animals and plants and how to forage and then some people are musicians and they're bringing joy with their music my husband's a musician so i will put that in uh (laughs) and you know my husband also is a carpenter so then that's another skill like he's you know some people are building things And we all bring our gifts together and we help each other. And eventually I think we'll move towards just a free exchange of like bartering and sharing food and stuff like that. We're not there yet. We're still, you know, that'll take time, but yeah, it's just, I think that's, that's, I feel where we're going. And so I think it's all positive. It's There's multiple timelines out there we're seeing right now the apocalyptic timeline that you know the the ones who think they control things are showing us you know they certainly did over the past few years but we cannot we don't need to give our energy to that so i think it's really important to we see what they're doing we see what you know they certainly were trying to do over the past few years but if we we want to we want to try to not get into fear or into anger you know those are normal emotions i certainly had a lot of anger in the past few years but As much Mm -hmm. as we can, like, transmute that and just move towards even those who are doing things that we think are really wrong and maybe even evil, you know, that we can't, how do we forgive them? How can they still come into the light? And that's going to help us really shift in. So I could talk about this all day. I get really excited Mm -hmm. about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Wow. It's really inspiring because... I think it's really important that you take responsibility because you can blame everything and just be in a victim mode or you can just uh, for example, I really had the feeling that I have to uh, live at the beach or connect more with nature Mm. and that's what I did actually. So I was living in the Netherlands in in a big city and now I'm living at the beach. Of course it took some time and um, I had a lot of excuses but yeah, I think it's really important that you take responsibility and that's what you did. And I think it's also really strong that you also took your kids out of school because, yeah, I could understand that it's really hard because, um, yeah. So how did you d- do all of this? Because it's so many things. Um, yeah. Yeah, so how did you escape the matrix? <laughs> that's actually that's my question. Good,
1: <laughs> that's a really good question. I act like <laughs> I've ever been asked that or talked about it really. Um it was a process. So I I feel like I was guided to it. You know, it started really with what I just described earlier. I was in this career, this job that I was just so miserable at. And I would grind my teeth at night and cry. And I was just so depressed and angry with my boss. I had a few different bosses. And I just couldn't do it anymore. I was like, I, this is just sucking my soul. You know, it's just not good for me. And so I think sometimes we need to reach that place of real discontent to then make a change. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how it started. So I, my husband at that time was still, he was actually a teacher, and um, which was fine, you know, he didn't love it, but he was still working in, in, you know, regular workplace. So I started by, I quit my job and I did not have enough money. To live on at that point, I had very few clients. It was terrifying. It was very scary. We we just like had to take out some credit cards and, but some magical things happened. I got you know my aunt one day sent me a ten thousand dollar check. She's like, I have extra money. I'm just gonna send it to you. It was. I mean, I had been working on it. (laughs) It was amazing. I know. I mean, I had been working on reframing my any you know limiting beliefs about money that I had, which I did have, still do sometimes. Um, and I just kept saying like a budget flows freely to me. I am, you know, I trust that all my needs will be provided for. I would say these things and I would visualize like flow and then this happened. So I mean, it was amazing. I was feel, you know, that doesn't, that's only happened once, but other things happen too anyway so that you know that's the beginning of of us and then at that around that time I started writing down a vision of where I wanted to live because we were living outside Portland Maine in a suburb and I'd always lived in a city I've lived in different places in the country and the world um but always in cities or suburbs so but I was like my husband and I like wouldn't it be great to just live in the country and have chickens and grow food and have fruit trees and like like homeschool and we wanted to homeschool our kids i thought about it but i just didn't know how because i was like well i have to work you know we both have to work Mm -hmm. and but i wrote it down positive present tense and i did it a few times and i like focus on how it would feel this is a this is a thing this is literally the law of attraction and i knew about the law of attraction i basically did that for my husband i wrote down how i wanted what i wanted a partner how i wanted to feel i had dreams about him and because i had Mm -hmm. had Anyway, just some dysfunctional relationships up and tell him anyway, but um, so the vision we created, my husband drew pictures of like a house, and that's basically where we live now i mean it's it's kind of amazing, I mean, it's the way it happened anyway i mean, so we let me let me go back up for a minute, so I wrote down this vision, and we we had some pictures, but that it was probably like three or four years before. We ended up actually finding this house. And then COVID happened. And I think it was a few, maybe it was a year before COVID, my husband was starting to be unhappy in his career. And we were on vacation and I was like, what would you do in an alternate reality if anything were possible? And he said, I would make beautiful things with my hands and I would make beautiful music. He was already a musician, but that wasn't like his money-making career. And so I said, you want to make things with your hands? Well, let's try to make that happen. I just did this. I started my business and I freed myself a little bit. And so he, he had a friend who was a carpenter, general contractor, and I, I kind of pushed him. I was like, just ask him if you can work for him. So he asked him and he did. He hired him and he learned some skills and then he worked for another construction firm. And, now he, and then he got enough skills to start his own business. So that's how that happened. So then, you know, we're still living in our, we were living in the suburbs. Kids were still in public school. Then COVID happened. And mm-hmm. um, that's when I saw it was happening. And I was like, I'm not sending my kids to school with masks and mm-hmm. all these dividers. And I knew it was all about a certain medical intervention, which I will not use the word of. That that was what mm-hmm. the, the, that was the plan. I could see it from the very yeah. beginning. But I said, I'm never sending my children to school in that sort of environment. So I said, I don't care. My, mm-hmm. my son was in... Um, second grade at the time. And he was doing the online school thing, which was completely absurd. It was just all just totally bizarre. And so I, <laughs> said, I said, well, we're, we're going to, we're taking him out. I don't care how we have to figure it out. We're just going to figure it out. And then we were actually, well, we, we needed, had to get out of the city where we were living. Cause it was just becoming so that I could feel the fear when I would go, I had an office space in Portland and I it was just becoming very I just couldn't even be there any longer. It was like a weird dystopian mm-hmm. nightmare movie, you know, was, I know we all lived in. So I said to my uh-huh. husband, I said, we have to move. We have to go get a new house. And uh so we in during the middle it was in 2020. And so we just were like we just found out we had a realtor from before we had sold a house. We just contacted him, we just wrote same thing, vision. And then my friend sent me a picture. I'd been looking online and didn't find anything. I was starting to get frustrated. Like, how are we going to find a house that we can afford? And um, mm. without having to move like two hours away. And then my friend sent me a picture of this house when we live in now. And I was like, oh, well, it only has one bathroom. And it's not as quite as big as I need, space we need. But I said, I know how to do this. I know that the way the law of attraction works, I just have to be open and explore. And just, you know, the ego will come up with reasons to tell us why it's not right. So I just drove to the house. And when I drove up, everything we had drawn in the picture was there. It was like a chicken coop. There were a few mm. fruit trees. There was woods. And then I, I saw there was this cabin, which is where I'm sitting in now, and a garage with a big second floor that we that we could renovate and make into a bigger space. And then we build another bathroom. Anyway, so like there were things that we could fix. So I just instantly, I was like, this is where we're, this is it. I just knew it was just this very like feeling based emotional thing. So that, that's how we did it. It was, pro- it was a progression of things over five years, I would say to be here. And it's, so it takes time. The big things take time, but the, mm-hmm. I, but writing down the vision and then clearing away the limiting beliefs. I mean, I had been, I had to start my business, I had gotten hypnotherapy. I had done past life regressions, like all kinds of writing things to like, try to clear away my fears a lot. I've done a lot of inner work, (laughs) which is not what I do with people, but it does take, you know, and then divine guidance. I would ask my angels to help me, you know, please thank you for helping me find the right house. Thank you for helping my children have a, you know, health, you know, healthy, free, compassionate, loving spiritual education and so we're in some Mm -hmm. homeschool co-ops now and we do they do different things it's not just me and my husband homeschooling them but we there's different things they do too but um yeah it takes time you know and it's still you know we're still Mm. building it it's not like everything's amazing and perfect all the time but um but i do feel like we live in we're in our own sort of it's freedom
0: you know we have this this freedom so yeah you manifested everything actually (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly right it did a husband a house yes that's really impressive but it took some time but of course it's gonna take time yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. exactly yeah Yeah.
1: and and we're the more that's another thing with the new earth we're gonna be able more and more to manifest like instantly with our thoughts we got to be careful with because if we're thinking like negative things we can start to manifest those negative things too. You know, I don't. I wouldn't mm-hmm. go crazy about it because sometimes we're like, oh my God, if I think this bad thought, am I going to bring all these bad things? You know, I think it's persistent. <laughs> like if we think it over and over and over, yeah. you know, that becomes our reality, which is why, you know, I really talk about this a lot with clients, like focus on creating your own internal reality, like a fantasy world of, of how would you be if this were your life? And actually mm-hmm. just last little thing here, when we were living in the suburbs, we would, we had a little fire pit in our yard and like our neighbors were there. They could see us, but we would like roast marshmallows in the fire pit right in our side yard. And I started a garden and like I was doing things that I wanted to do in a different place, but I was creating them right there where I was. And that's partly how we ended up aligning with the vibration of where we are now. Is because I was like, I'm going to start bringing, it's all about vibration. I'm going to live in this vibration now. Even though it's not exactly where I want it to be, and then I vib- vibrationally became aligned with that because my vibration changed. So I had an, its inevitably a, in in the external has to mirror our internal vibration. It's just a law. So that's really important. Anyway, it takes mm-hmm. time to learn though. <laughs>
0: yeah, of course, of course, because sometimes you think you're really good at manifesting because. I used to read a lot about manifesting and I was just reading it down, but I didn't really feel it. So I still felt a lot of fear and that kind of stuff. And I still have it sometimes because I have three goals also for myself this year I want to achieve. And um, yeah, so, but I'm already working on it and it's also little steps, you know, because sometimes it feels so big and actually, if you divide it in little steps, you can actually uh, achieve it one day, you know, definitely. So, yeah, because yes, I'm not going to have like 10 K <laughs> followers on my Spotify <laughs> after two episodes, that's not going to exactly. happen. So yeah. yeah. And I think that's yeah. so
1: important for people to mm-hmm. think like we see mm-hmm. somebody out there who seems like, you know, they somehow manifest this big thing, but I think we forget that it took them a long time to get there and work. Like I mm-hmm. actually. I'm a little bit of a workaholic. I work very a lot and probably too much, honestly, but mm-hmm. it does, we do, um, I'm, you know, and I think on the one hand, actually that's a lesson I need to work on. I need to not work so much and allow more because I think, I think more and more mm-hmm. as we move into new, the new earth consciousness, we won't need to be like working as much, but things will start to come mm-hmm. to us more easily. Um, so actually, what's funny? Like, I do work a lot, and I have put out, you know, action and things like that, and taken risks, um, as mm-hmm. you are too. But sometimes it's too much, and I have to like get myself out of the way to allow the spirit to send me the right things, mm-hmm. which is a huge lesson for me.
0: <laughs> so it's a yeah. process. It's such a process. Yeah, of course, it's a process. Yeah. And do you also know what your human design is? You know.
1: I need to learn that because people ask me that all the time. I don't. I think you know. I think I did at one point, but I kind of forgot. It's been a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, I, that's like this. This is like the twentieth time it's been mentioned to me over the years. So, <laughs> there's
0: a message there. No, I I just no. I just did a human design reading two weeks ago, so I just found out that I'm a manifesting generator. And that's actually someone who does a lot of stuff at the same time. So that's why I think maybe you're also I probably manifesting am. I, That sounds right actually. Yeah. I've ever I
1: think that yeah. might be who I am because I do a lot of stuff at the same mm-hmm. time too. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and what is still yeah. on your list for this year? Do you have some things you try to manifest? Yes, yes. So
1: a big one. There's a big one right now, which is um book publisher. So you know, I've thought, so I did write this book last year and I pub I self-published it and, um, I didn't put it on Amazon or anything cause I just didn't, I wanted to keep control over it. And I don't like the vibration of Amazon, even though I do use it sometimes, but anyway, so I, um, started with that, but I knew that, um, I would have, I would only be able to reach so many people through my own audience with this book. And I really thought about the publishing thing a lot. Like, I know it's very difficult to get, you know, a p- traditional publisher these days. And I also was aware, is this my ego just trying to get recognition and, you know, it's all that stuff? And I really, I thought about it a lot and I said, well, I, I, what I really want actually is for the book to reach more people. And I believe this is the way to do it. And maybe it is, maybe it's not. I could be wrong, but <laughs> there's other, there's many ways. I could just put it mm-hmm. on Amazon and, you know, drive my car around the country and sell it to people out of my, you know, trunk or something. But, <laughs> but that's mm-hmm. probably not going to happen. So anyway, um, mm-hmm. and I have sold a bunch on my own through my website, which is great. And there's some bookstores in Maine that have it. There's even one in Texas that has it. Um, but so anyway, I am literally like today and tomorrow, and while well, I was doing this yesterday too, looking at different publishers, maybe agents. And um I will tell you it's bringing up a lot of fear and a lot of like mm-hmm. oh not being enough and rejection and blah blah blah, blah. like old stuff mm-hmm. is coming up and I um I have a business sort of support person advisor who's helped me and I got a reading from somebody. I do my own stuff in the Akashic records but I needed to for this I was like I think I need to go to somebody else. Um and that was helpful and so anyway, it's it's interesting because yeah. That's, that's the goal. That's the goal. it's bringing up some stuff that I'm mm-hmm. clearing. I'm working on clearing. I think, you know, the other, mm-hmm. that that's really the big one right now. I think, um, I'm probably going to be eventually doing a rebranding. So I'm soulful work, intuitive consulting, but I'm probably going to drop that and just use Rachel Horton white at some point because that's just, it just seems to make sense. Um, mm-hmm. so that's going to be a little bit of work. I'll have new, new colors and stuff like that. Um, And, you know, I think a lot of it is, there's always, you know, I teach this intuitive guide program. It's a 10 month program, um, which I call the soulful work method. And it's where I teach people to do what I do, learn and read the Akashic records, do intuitive life coaching, a little bit of like inner child guided imagery. I can't, I'm not teaching them hypnotherapy yet. Oh, the hypnotherapy is another one, but, um, but, you know, keep doing that. I teach different classes. I'll be teaching an angel class soon in September, um, He'd teach would be how to connect with angels, but another goal is um, hypnotherapy. So I I will eventually be learning. My goal is to maybe not this year, but next year to take uh, get certification to teach people how to be hypnotherapists. So there's this actually this association that I'm a part of, and I'm actually going and teaching a workshop on the Akashic records. But I just recently I learn all with stuff with them. It's called NAF, the National Association of Transpersonal Hypnotherapists, and it's great. If anybody's ever interested, they all kinds of cool things. I just learned, um, life between life regression with them, which is taking people into the spirit realm, um, to meet their council of elders and just learn, you know, about their meet their soul group and just learn about what it's like when you're in your higher self in the mm-hmm. spirit realm. So, yeah. So there's probably more things that I'm not aware <laughs> of, but really the book, getting the book out in a bigger way is, is a big mm-hmm. one. So. Yeah. Yeah. But
0: I think if you're just going on podcasts, for example, yeah. and if you're just sharing your story, um it's already been inspiring for people, you know? Thank so you. So if you're ju- no, it's yeah, <laughs> no, it's true. So if you're just gonna be on my podcast, I'm also gonna do it in a description. So if anybody's interested. Um mm. and yeah, so I think th- that is actually a really great way. Um yeah, the agents, you can always try, of course. Um, yeah, right, and, exactly. and it's, and it And the thing is, um, um, I used to listen to also a Dutch podcast, also so like a mindset guru. And um, he also said on a podcast, it's so hard to publish a book. Yeah. And even if you are famous already. So imagine, you know, so I know. Yeah, it doesn't really matter, actually. So, yeah. Yeah. I figure I'm just Mm -hmm. gonna try it, and if it works, great. I I have, I you know, I
1: feel like I never know until I try. So maybe I'll Mm -hmm. just keep, yeah. And I'm kind of trusting that this, that the book almost has her. I call her her has her own energy that will, you know, like if this is the way this she or the book is meant to go, then great. And if not, then. Mm There'll be other channels, like you said, like talking to people. You know, podcasts. So many people listen to podcasts these days. It's such a beautiful way to share light, which is so awesome that you're Mm -hmm. doing this. And I'm blessed to be here Mm -hmm. and and talking to people. And I think, yeah. And so there's an element of trust. And I'm like, maybe this will be. You know, this is where the book ends. And after I die, somebody will Mm -hmm. pick it up somewhere, (laughs) and that's fine. Mm -hmm. I just, I honestly, I'm glad to do it in the first place because I put it off for so. It took me like thinking about it for six years and then doing it it took me about two years to actually do it to write it it's a lot it was crazy man just crazy
0: (laughs) yeah so wow for me it sounds so impossible because i'm dyslexic so sometimes i think like uh i would love to write a book and maybe one day yeah um, somebody will interview me for example and re- and actually write it for me maybe you know, that's possible yeah there is somebody
1: that i mm-hmm. somebody i listened to once said that she would she wrote her book by recording her thoughts and mm-hmm. then somebody typed it up for her so
0: there's always a way wow. always a way yeah <laughs> i think so i think so yeah well uh the time went so fast like always i always <laughs> said it in every, every episode. But uh, I would like to wrap it up for now. Um, but if anybody is interested in uh, Rachel's work, you have to go to soulfulworkconsulting.com. And I will also put your social media links in the description and also your podcast and your book, of course. Uh, but before we leave, um, would you like to share some nice words or knowledge with the audience? Um yeah, I think just a message of hope. I
1: think, you know, we're looking at a lot of things that are causing a lot of fear these days the weather, you know, the financial system. Um, there's different things that can cause us to be in a lot of fear about what's happening and what's coming. And I think if people can, acknowledge, we acknowledge that those things are happening, but not get attached to them and really focus on things we were just talking about, where what's possible for us the world you want to we want to create we are creating it and we have to kind of sometimes really um focus on it like we were talking about and really generate the idea and the feeling and that is how we create the new earth is by each one of us doing this with light with you know divine guidance trust a lot of trust and surrender um, and that, you know, when each of us is bringing in that light and, and believing in ourselves as much as we can, that's bringing the Earth into that highest timeline, solidifying. It's very likely. It's it's going to happen. It is happening. But I think we can make it a lot easier for ourselves and more enjoyable if we uh, try to remove our energy. And I hear this in the Akashic Records: disengage from the fear matrix the media like don't watch the news you know i you know if you check the headlines fine (laughs) try not to get engaged even in you know the the stuff that goes down the rabbit hole you know quote conspiracy theory Um, stuff which a lot of it is true but it can cause fear so we have to be careful with that so just focusing on you know how we want to feel how we want to be with divine guidance all based in unconditional love is really what i hope for all
0: of us yeah just focusing on the light and focusing on yourself mm. i think that's the message and that <laughs> spills out to others yeah and then it mm. spills out to the collective yeah yep. well thank you so much for coming thank you so and much and i want to thank uh yeah i want to thank everybody for listening i will see you in the next one Bye bye